welcome. I'm Meridian Baldacci, Director of Strategy at Family Policy Alliance. And the story we're talking about today is actually a really sad one, um, but it, it's going to have a hopeful end. Today we're talking about why it's so important that parents are in the loop about what's going on with their children at school and what can happen when they're not. To talk about that, I'm joined by Josh Hetzler of Virginia's Family Foundation. Uh, they are our state allies in Virginia, and we just love the work you all are doing. So welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you. Good to be with you. Yeah, I, I'd love to just jump right in. I, I think we've got a powerful story to tell today. Um, we're talking about someone named Sage. Um, what is what is Sage's story? Just to bring our audience up to speed. Yeah, well, I'll do my best to to share the full story, but it is a it is a almost hard to believe story uh, with lots of twists and turns. And um, you know, Sage is a girl, very typical teenager. Um, who, you know, at the age of 14, found herself in a situation that she never thought she would be in. Backing up, though, I would say that Sage was adopted at the age of two by her, her grandparents, who she who are, in all respects, her parents now, Michelle and, and Roger. Um, and she, up to the point of two years old, experienced a lot of trauma in her life. And so some of the things that I think she experienced goes back to, to that early trauma um, and, and that's sort of some of the things that the school uh, could not contemplate, understand, something that the parents knew well. Um, but Sage entered high school at a public high school in Virginia. She was 14. And as she says, all of the girls there were identifying as, as something else, bi or trans or, or lesbian. And it, it was sort of a, you know, a thing, almost a contagion. And she, Sage being... Uh, you know, a young girl gone into high school trying to fit in and figure out who she is and have friends. She uh, began to explore her identity in various ways. That eventually led her into identifying as a male, taking on a male name, male pronouns. And while she was this was happening, um, teachers and counselors were heavily encouraging her to do this, even inviting her to use the boys' bathrooms. Um, meanwhile, her parents were never told about this, um, and, and the, the school is very intentional and kept this information, uh, from her parents. Um, so that, that led to a, a number of things happening at school, including how she was assaulted in a boy's bathroom, shoved up against the wall, uh, was being threatened by the boys. Um, she was experiencing a, a lot of hardship. So, um, her, her mom only found out about the situation when a, uh, a note from school dropped out of her backpack and it had a male name on it. And, and she only found this out um, the night before or the night that Sage ended up actually um, sort of running away, maybe going, out, going to meet someone that um, she thought was a 16-year-old uh, boy. Uh, in, in town and and she got that contact information because of a, a website that one of the counselors uh, encouraged her to go on for trans uh, kids um, so this the person that she ended up meeting was not 16 he was an adult and and he uh, ended up abducting her uh, sex trafficking her uh, doing all manner of awful things to her uh, it, and, and, and so Sage ended up being trafficked into Washington, D.C., and then into Maryland. 
And because of the persistence of her mom uh, to, to find her and track her down, the FBI uh, located her in Maryland nine days later. Um, then, th- so Michelle and Roger went up to, to get her back in Maryland. Um, and, and in the court hearing, they were surprised to find that the attorney that had been appointed to Sage was a very activist attorney who sought to use Sage as a pawn in her words, to go all the way to the Supreme Court, if necessary, to keep her from her parents, because she, the attorney was telling Sage to lie about things, trying to say you shouldn't go back with your parents, claiming that they were abusive uh, because they weren't using male pronouns and weren't affirming her new gender identity. Mind you, the parents only found out about this, you know, the day before, um, and then Sage was gone. Um, so. The judge in that case, Maryland case, actually um, was chastising the parents in in the court for not using male pronouns, and they were trying their best to do so just to get her back. The judge said that they were abusive uh, for for not doing so, not affirming her. And um, ultimately, the judge said, "But parental rights still trump, so you've got to you got to give her back." Meanwhile, the judge, uh, the the attorney, appealed to keep her from her parents. And the judge decided, okay, we're gonna put her in a in a home, a children's home, but I'm only going to allow her to go into one who will actively affirm her male gender identity. Wow. So she was sent into a, a children's home in Maryland, but was still away from her parents, and she was put in, at certain times, into the boys' unit, where she was, again, assaulted. Um, she uh, attended a public school uh, there. She had an ankle monitor. Uh, long story short, uh, the, the kids there ended up giving her drugs. She got into a lot of things, and she ended up uh, running away again, despite them knowing that she was a flight risk. Uh, and because and because of that, she um, was ended up being sex trafficked again by someone she sought to uh, to meet up with. And for ninety something days was uh, was very much um, taken captive and had a lot of terrible things happen to her. She was ultimately found again, this time in Texas, um, because of the persistence of her parents. Um, and, and the FBI found her again. And so wow. they eventually brought her back. They put her in a, a different uh, facility, uh, mental health sort of children's treatment home in Virginia, where she's from. And there, the uh, the personnel were actively encouraging her to go undergo transgender treatments, uh, not just counseling, but they were looking towards getting her to, you know, remove her breasts and, and, and things of this nature. They were, and, and, and meanwhile, um, Sage didn't really know what she she wanted, and, and eventually she, she realized she, she wasn't a boy. She didn't want to be a boy. It was all just a phase. She was just trying to have friends. She didn't want this, but she was afraid now to tell them differently. And so um, that's sort of Josh, where- Josh, I, I, I want to find out here, this is this is just crazy to me. This is a, a, a just hearing how all of this began with parents being left in the dark and then parents being cut out and the parents being cut out again. And all these just terrible things happening to Sage in between. I know at fa- the Family Foundation that you guys have really 
um, been very involved in in this too. So I, I, I want our audience to hear that that part of the story. Maybe that's where you're going. But yeah. How, yeah. how did you guys end up getting involved with this case? Yes, and I and I'm sorry about all. It takes a while to tell the story, as you can tell. There's no, this is different. this was great. Um, so we yeah. got involved because Michelle, I think, had it had been almost a year at this point, and and where her daughter was gone, she'd been desperately trying to to get her back, um, and and she couldn't find anyone to help her. Um, so I I think um, she initially contacted us when Sage was in Maryland, but it the, the case was a little bit beyond our ability for a number of reasons. Um, and I referred her to some others, but she just couldn't find anyone who could who could help. Everybody whose door she knocked on said, "This is this is too complex. There's too many things. I can't do it." And so Michelle came back uh, to us, and, and I said, "All right, Michelle." And it, when I realized that what was really going on was that they were encouraging this this home well, was holding Sage uh, against her parents' will and pushing her heavily into transgenderism. I realized we have to get her out. We've got to find a way, no matter what, to get her back and restore her to her parents because they're destroying this girl's life. Um, and so we set, we just set out to do it. And um, thankfully, we, we were able to find a way, and I sort of intervened as her attorney uh, in the midst of an area that, frankly, I didn't know a whole lot about. It was a really messy situation. But I knew that Michelle was much better off with uh, the Founding Freedoms Law Center uh, with an attorney. And so we eventually helped shepherd that process, was was able to return Sage uh, home uh, where she's she's doing well. She's in a private school and involved in church and and has renounced that, you know, gender identity as a male and, and is embracing her true identity. So. Um, it, it, it was a it was an amazing thing for us to be able to step in and, and to see a success there on that. Well, that's incredible and thank you for thank you for sharing that, Josh. Uh, for those in our audience who who don't know, uh, Family Policy Alliance, we get to host a network of about 40 state family policy councils. They're independent organizations just like the Family Foundation doing incredible work. Um, whether it's it's work like this, uh, very literally intervening in, in legal situations uh, for those who have legal centers to uh, protect children and families and religious freedom, um, to actually representing uh, these issues at the state capitol. And that's what a, a lot of these groups do. And I know you actually did that in this case, uh, Josh. Uh, you, you all saw what happened, um, and this led to something called Sage's Law. So can you tell us a little bit about Sage's Law and what that, that is? We... We wanted to capitalize on Sage's story to do some good. You know, we wanted, if this was going to happen to Sage and to her, her parents, thought, well, let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Because clearly, this was able to happen, and it shouldn't happen. And so we, we drafted Sage's law, and it did a couple of things. One, it, it said that if a child is identifying as a different gender at school, you must tell the parents as soon as you find out. Um, and then we said, uh, you know, counselors uh, are not able to uh, encourage children in that direction, um, certainly without notifying their parents about it. And then we, and then finally, we clarified that parents cannot be deemed abusive or neglectful simply for affirming their child's biological sex. And you know, things that everybody should agree on 
Uh, but it, but it was, it was a pretty tough battle, but we, we were able to share her story, get the message out and, and it became a national international story. Um, and, and, and so we weren't, we were able to get it through the house, uh, and the state house, uh, but not the Virginia Senate. Um, but we hope to, to keep pushing on it. We are so glad you're enjoying Conversations with Craig. Your experience doesn't have to stop here. To stay connected with other listeners, hear about current events affecting your family, and to share pictures and videos with your friends, follow Family Policy Alliance on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out the links in the show notes, and we'll see you online. Absolutely. And I think that's such an important antidote. You know, we've um, our, our followers will be familiar with what California was doing last year um, with the the law that essentially kidnaps kids from around the nation and says, you know, if your parents won't affirm you, come here, we'll take custody of you as the state and we'll we'll provide you with transition. Um, I, I think that things like Sage's Law are such an important antidote to that. Um, so we're so, so grateful for what you guys are doing. Um, I'm glad to hear you're going to keep pushing on it. Um, I'd love to for our audience just to hear too some of the other good pro-family work y'all are working on there at the Family Foundation. Give us an update. What's going on? Yeah, there's a lot going on now. Certainly with the issue of life, um, you know, Virginia in 2020 rolled back a lot of our our really good laws that we'd had for a very long time, including our pro-life protections. So we're fighting for that issue, especially in light of the Dobbs decision that you know sent the power back to the states. Um, also issues of religious freedom, trying to protect uh, people of faith and, and parental rights. You know, Sage's Law illustrated so many of these, uh, a confluence of so many of these issues of parental rights, religious freedom, and um, the, the, the gender issues. Um, but, and, and school choice is, is a big issue we're working on too, as this becomes really a, a national movement. We, we really want to give parents more options uh, and create more competition uh, in, in the marketplace of ideas and, and of educational options. Uh, so there, there's a whole host of things we're working on here in Virginia. We consider Virginia ground zero in a lot of ways, um, especially with the, the election of Governor uh, Youngkin uh, a little over a year ago. A lot of eyes have been on Virginia, and many, you know, we're, we're right next to D.C., and a lot of the people in D.C. like to use um, a lot of our counties is a test case for a lot of their uh, ideology. So we're fighting at the local level as well, uh, pushing back against woke policies and transgender policies. And um, so there's a lot going on here, but um, many exciting things happening. And how can people get involved with you? How can people connect with the Family Foundation? If, if for those, I, I'm sure we do have a lot of listeners who are in Virginia and, and would love to connect with yeah. you. Yeah, I would encourage you to go to familyfoundation.org familyfoundation.org. We're our, we have a legal arm called Founding Freedoms Law Center, and you can go to foundingfreedomslaw.org. And you can find out how to get involved with us. There are a lot of ways. We, we have local speak-up teams, depending on where you are in Virginia, and certainly you can support us in a number of ways, including giving. And uh, But found, familyfoundation.org, please get involved, sign up for our emails, and we, we keep everyone very informed on what's happening at the Virginia state and local levels. And, and as you know, Radine, I mean, the things that are happening, the big, big things that are happening are often happening at the state level. 
So you've got to be plugged into your state. That's absolutely right. And for, for any listeners who are not in Virginia, I'm sure there's, there's many of you, um, if you're looking for a similar group that you can get plugged in with at your state, um, we'll put the link on the on the screen and in the comments. Uh, be sure to go there. There's likely a, an FPC in your state, Family Policy Council, uh, doing amazing work, just like the Family Foundation. They are really the boots on the ground, the front lines, making sure that we are protecting families, religious freedom, um, and and opportunity for for our nation, and and then specifically doing that at the state level. So I know the Family Foundation, y'all are doing just incredible work, um, and I, we thank you for that. I, I'd I'd love to end on a on a note of encouragement. We always always like to end this way for our audience. Um, you know, is is you all have been working on on this issue in Virginia. Obviously, this this case, like you said, was a very complicated case. You're working on on getting this Sage's Law to actually become law, but you're not there yet. Um, what kind of encouragement do you have for others who are in a similar situation? You know, they are they're working hard, but they're 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 still kind of in the thick of it. What's what's your encouragement for those who are still in the thick of it? I would say we have to keep at it because you know there there's too much at stake. Um, there there are many things outside of our control, and 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 we have to leave that to God. But to the extent things are within our control. We, we have to fight for the sages and, and, and her parents. Um, and you know, things that are really important rarely happen overnight. They rarely happen quickly, especially as public policy matters. Things usually take several years. Um, and, and sometimes we can get ahead of things and, and, and pass things before the bad things happen. But oftentimes, you know, the way that politics works is there have, there have to be some real victims oftentimes before politically there is a will to do something about it. And I hate that that's the case, but we're, but you know, hence we've got Sage and there, there are others across the country. And But we're hoping now to use uh, what the enemy meant for evil uh, for good um, to prevent these things from happening to, to others. And so we know it's going to be a multi-year process, but it's worth fighting for. We have to protect these kids, these parents, and we ha- we have to uphold w- what is what is clearly true and right and good. So I, I mean, again, the the outcome is often you know beyond our control. We have to be faithful uh, and pushing for what we know is right. And um, you know, I believe most most reasonable people do agree with us on, on these issues. That parents should be informed. The kids shouldn't be mutilated. These and that girls should be able to play sports uh, without boys, you know, taking over things like this. There's a lot of agreement, and now we just uh, the conversation on these issues is reaching a fever pitch to where I think we're starting to see a lot more uh, progress on the legislative fronts. Amen to that. Uh, well, like I said, you all are are leading the way, and we're so so grateful for what you're doing uh, for families in Virginia and for the example you're setting around the nation. So thank you, Josh Hetzler, joining us today. Um, To our audience, be sure to reach out to the Family Foundation. We'll have the links in the comments if if you are in Virginia. If you're not, connect with the Family Policy Council um, around the nation. And uh, I I just just can't echo enough what Josh said, the importance of uh, protecting our families and our children um, and recognizing that we are in the right. And and in many cases on these issues, we are in the majority. and it's up to us to, to keep fighting until we win. So thank you all, and we'll talk to you soon. 
Conversations with Craig is brought to you by Family Policy Alliance. Our vision is a nation where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished.